Hi, Tom Bernard here. You're listening to Best of the Family. Enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if i'm hanging out with you uh, maybe <laughs> uh, okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant walls Automotive group walls.com and doug sprinthal Nissan news. This is exciting, and I'm glad Andy's here. We just got our first shipments at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan of the all-new 2021 Nissan Rogue. Dude, you need to trade. This is a brand-new vehicle. It's got bird's-eye parking. So when you're backing up, you hit the screen, and it's like a spy satellite above oh. the vehicle. It is, And it's got ProPilot. It is cool. Trade your car in. Well, Melissa said she did like this one better than the last one, so maybe she'll like the next one better than this one. All right. Be like Andy and Melissa and check out the Nissan Rogue. It's been a dream of mine to be like Andy ever since he was born. <laughs> so, yeah, check out these vehicles at Walzer Nissan in Burnsville and in Coon Rapids House of J-Lo and the House of Dan Resch. Tell them Andy sent you. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. There I am. We're all in. Here I am with all my opinions. <laughs> all your opinions. You have opinions. A lot I, of opinions. Sometimes I do. Um, we're just trying to figure something out because uh, it does look like they they have the votes now to to okay a Supreme Court justice. It does look like like Trump's going to be able to appoint somebody to the court, <laughs> and they will be uh, on the court. Maybe even before the election. Oh, so our what's oh? I don't even want to go on social media then. So they said no, God, they no. must be losing their minds. Yeah, the Star Tribune led with unfathomable. <laughs> Two hundred thousand people have died of coronavirus. How is that unfathomable? Two hundred thousand. Yeah, in the, yes. the whole United States. Yeah, it That's sounds it? like a lot, but yeah. yeah, it's really not. I mean, point oh six percent. It's a lot of people. <clears throat> it's yeah. a lot of people. But how Out many people the die of the flu every year? Yeah. More than yeah, that, up, uh, I'm pretty it, sure. The, uh, Just the, the regular de- flu. Deaths of, from the flu, if you go to the CDC, right. in 2018, 2019, the maximum number of deaths that they they thought might be were 95,000 mm-hmm. in 2008, the, the flu season 2018, 2019. And that's only a six-month period. And this has been yeah. around how long? It's been around yeah. seven nine months. months. Yeah, seven, eight, nine months. Well, yeah, nine so months it's since December. It, yeah. Like they were saying, it's an especially bad flu. You know, it will, it'll kill the vulnerable. Yeah. 
Yeah. Most people yeah. but won't even notice. Okay, but almost 100,000 people die every year of the flu. Is that safe to say? Well, no, anywhere, anywhere, depending on the CDC's. Probably CDC to doesn't really know how many people die of the flu because not everybody's tested for the flu, but they, mm -hmm. they have models that model it, and they say it's anywhere from 40,000 to 95,000 people die every year from the flu. Well, the thing about flu deaths is that generally if you're dying of the flu, you are already basically expected to die soon. So, the, you know, some 95-year-old person who is already on the edge of death, they just die one day. No one's going to be like, hmm, let's do an autopsy. They're just going to be like, oh, well. well. You know, I have a guess. My guess would be out of the 200,000 people that have died of COVID, actually about 150,000 of them died, and the other 50,000 they said died of COVID. Well, they, they well, did. Well, there is that. Yeah. I wonder. They did say that there were a lot of false positives. Like yes. up to 30% of the tests are wrong. That's right. a huge number. Well, right there, we're down to 130,000. I, I, I know of one, that was, one test that was sent in that wasn't even done was positive. Test wasn't yeah. even done. Well, <laughs> right. Oh, no, so they don't it, even do the test. That's yeah. just how good the tests are. You don't even need to test them. But so, the, so, the, so the testing is a priori? Yeah, exactly. It's, a, it's an a priori testing have system. You, have you ever seen Minority or, Report? It's like that, but for diseases. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so look, we want everybody to stay healthy. We want everybody to you know do whatever they're supposed to do. If I wear a mask, if I go in a building, I wear a mask. Yeah, I've got too. it in my pocket. They do what they tell me to do. There are people who won't do what they tell them to do. And what are we supposed to do about that? I don't know. I mean, okay, so Sturgis, they're saying that Sturgis caused a big spike in no, certain it areas. Caused we're a all spike. Not a big, it caused a spike. But were those people not wearing masks? They've been saying there's been spikes every week for the past nine months. I doubt anyone at <clears throat> Sturgis was wearing a mask. They're what not, is Sturgis? They're, they're not mask wearing they're, they're, folk. They're, they're sort of, well, you, you expect a certain level of civil disobedience with Sturgis. Oh, motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and it's not like only Sturgis people were there. No. It's all over the country they come. They, well, yeah. they drive their motorcycles from like yeah. Maine to go right. to Sturgis. Well, but that's what so. I mean. Like, Sturgis, <laughs> the event, not Sturgis. Yeah. 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 You know what I'd like to focus on uh, is if our government could focus on the positive of things, it's, hey, it could be a lot worse, but no, it, it, it's much better just ruin someone. You know, they've literally announced this morning that if you don't vote their way on the Supreme Court judge, they will ruin your life. They actually said that this morning. If you don't vote our way against the Supreme Court nominee, we will do everything they can to ruin your life. They announced that. Sounds like politics to me. How filthy is that? Did you ruin somebody's life over that? Sounds like the kind of thing you say about five years before uh, the French Revolution comes to your door. <laughs> exactly. so, so the Senate, not, right? They're the ones that vote on on SCOTUS, mm -hmm. right? Just the Senate. The House really doesn't have anything to do with it. Or is it the, the House? The president nominates the Supreme Court right. or the, uh, the uh, Senate uh, voters. For it, and okay. Then it's like a so Congress has nothing to do with it. Sixty percent majority or something, I think. Not anymore. Or no? a simple majority. No, simple, it's a simple, simple majority, majority now. now. Yep. Oh, and well. they say that they've got the votes. They do. So have what the are votes. they going to do to these senators? Are they going to go assassinate them if yeah, they for vote real. for the SCOTUS? What are they going to do? I don't know. Because I tell you what, if they voted, if those four that had, you know, been pointed out, they might vote against it. If they did in their states, they'd never get reelected. They would. Know, there's no way those two women in Maine and Alaska would ever get reelected if they did that. Okay. Uh, Mitt Romney even said he will vote to confirm. Oh, Mitt's been anti everything, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, he hates Trump. It's true, but in Utah, 
Utah is the biggest <laughs> anti-abortion state in the United States. You yes, know that, is. right? By far. But yeah, that makes sense. Mormons oh. don't love abortion. Well, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm very confused. Yeah. Weird, right? <laughs> Me too. <laughs> all, all world's because the abortion issue is the Supreme Court can't just all of a sudden say tomorrow, "Oh, I have a new justice. We have a new justice. <coughs> We're going to re-examine Roe versus Wade." Well, technically, they... people have to bring things to the Supreme right. Court yes. to yes. be. Yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah and, and not everything actually gets to be heard, right? No. Right. No, not even close. It's like 99% of cases never reach the Supreme Court. So what they, it, people are acting like people abortion been, rights are going to be removed as soon as somebody gets a point. Yeah, like January 21st. My whole life, ever since I was born, Roe versus Wade was in peril. I was going to say, yeah. yeah. See, like and, when George Bush, W. Bush yeah, was in, yeah, abortion's going to be insane. Cares about and what, Roe versus yeah. Wade. What, I, I think that the Supreme <clears throat> Court made a huge mistake in even chiming in on, on abortion. I think that that should have been state by yeah, state right, and right. a woman and yeah. her doctor, and it shouldn't have been a Supreme Court decision, to well, the, tell you the truth. The thing about the Supreme <coughs> shouldn't Court, be a political the decision. Roe versus Wade decision is it's very shaky, and everyone knows it, because the reasoning was, I think it's like there's an amendment that says you have a right to privacy, so therefore you have a right to an abortion or something. That makes no sense. No. Everyone knows it makes no sense, so we're all just kind of playing along. <coughs> so it could Sorry. be repealed basically at any time because it was a stupid but, decision in the first place. But they won't. But they could, you know, they could write an amendment or something like that. I remember back in won't, high school, um, I know of a couple of people that went to New York to get abortions. It's yeah. been legal in New York somehow for decades. How did they have abortion in New York if nobody because, else could have it? I think before before Roe versus Wade, it was a state-by-state state mm -hmm. issue. There are many states that <coughs> they said it was not legal to do an abortion, and that was the, the, the impetus of that decision to get it nationwide. They thought it was, should be a nationwide consistency. They should be able to have that nationwide. Yeah. And okay. there is still states that are taking it a step further because they can. Like Illinois, Illinois had just last year uh, tried to vote to do late-term abortions. So right now, Roe versus Wade just allows abortions to be legal, but states still get to indicate how far they can take it. That's why New York was voting to have a, you know, 17th trimester abortion or whatever. <laughs> 17th. 17th, well, I don't know. 17th <laughs> trimester. Oh, that's <laughs> you know, kill a kid when they're four years old. <laughs> <laughs> this kid is yeah. uh, driving me nuts. That's it. You're aborted. <laughs> yeah, Andy funny. likes to exaggerate. Well, you, you, Postpartum. You, I don't know where he gets that from. You know, it, it, yeah. <laughs> In, in medical school, you know, I, you know, this was all going on well before medical school, Roe versus Wade. Before, when I was in medical school, when I was in medical school, I thought, well, geez, you know, we had to come up with some sort of compromise, and that baby's pretty much made at the end of about three to four months. So why can't a woman make a decision about her pregnancy in that first three months? Yeah, yeah I know, really. I know. You have three yeah, whole months to think about it. I mean, or, or why yeah. can't a, a woman and a man, man has the same responsibility. Why can't you consider using birth control mm -hmm. to think about. rather than you know this sort of random kind of thing that's happening it really in this day and age this is the 21st century in this day and age we the number so of children who, yeah. who pregnancies which are unwanted should be uh, mm -hmm. zero yeah how much is that pill 
that pill. Oh, oh yeah, the, the, uh, the one. morning after. Yeah, that one. So morning oh. after pill? Yeah. Are you 486? Yeah, how much does that oh, cost for I like a you, person? That's over the counter now, right? It's, yeah, but yeah. how much does it Good, cost? Is it over the counter? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. believe it's you over the counter. Over the counter? You don't even have to get a prescription? No. So it's you just, really? you just take it up to the pharmacy and they hand it to you. Oh, really? How much so is it, though? Like, it's like. Uh, let's see. Probably here. like forty bucks, I would guess. So it's like aspirin. It's pretty too expensive. It all, well, but people would it all depends on where you, you get it. You can get it's birth anywhere, control for free. The range is seventy-five dollars to one thousand six hundred dollars. Well, so that, okay. that's a pretty no. big range. Seventy-five dollars. Right. It yeah. sounds like that's if expensive. you were to get it from your doctor, maybe. $75, how often are you buying this pill? I'm just saying if you're a person that doesn't have any money and you choose to have a condom had a one-night stand. and the condom broke or, what you know, yeah, whatever. these things that people come up with, right? then you could go and get that, but you don't have any money, so then you ended up pregnant. And but, yeah, so, but what's, more, you know. what's more expensive, a pregnancy? Or no, I'm saying, but then they get an, but then they'd get an abortion. What, what's more expensive? And what's more, more dangerous? Than that. An abortion or this or pill? seventy-five bucks. <laughs> How much is an abortion? Five hundred minimum. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, five hundred dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Let's make that take the minimum. seventy-five dollars. Yeah. Oh, yeah See, I thought you get Probably like closer to two thousand dollars. All right, we're gonna take a break. I we'll be right like back with more. Nothing. Tom Bernard with the CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski, who just so happens to be a very good friend of mine. If you're trying to get me to give you some shots on the golf course next time, it's not going to work, Tom. Well, it was worth a shot. So, from refinancing your home to small business loans or just a new checking account, you are a locally owned community bank. So what does that mean to folks listening, Michael? We take pride in individually crafted and customized solutions for your business with quick response times to all our customers, Tom. If you're tired of talking to pre-recorded voices and the wait times that can be forever, we answer the phone in Roseville, Edina, Hastings, Woodbury, and Shoreview. Plus, if it's important for your banker to know who you are, that's us, because we're your neighbor. So you're easy to find in a place people can trust. I learned that from personal experience, you know. Next year, I'll give you a couple shots on the front nine. Well, who am I to say no? Why not bank with my family's banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. By now, you've all heard me talk about MyPillow and how it's literally changed my life. My friend Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, fit me for my very own MyPillow, and I haven't stopped raving about them since. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want, and they maintain their shape. Made in the USA. If you don't have a MyPillow or know someone who doesn't, now is the time. Because for a limited time, Mike is offering his premium MyPillows, yes, the one that started it all, for his lowest price ever. You can get a queen-size premium MyPillow for $29.98, regularly $69.98. That's a $40 savings. Kings are only $5 more, by the way. Folks, now is the time to buy. Not only are you getting the lowest price ever, but they are the best Christmas gifts ever. $29.98 for a queen-size premium MyPillow. Buy now, and Mike will extend his 60-day money-back guarantee to March 1st, 2021. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use promo code TOM. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets. Or call 800-516-5146 and use promo code TOM. 
That's a different song. Uh, just let me know when our guest is ready, Andy, if you would. Uh-huh. We got two minutes, technically. It, technically, we do. So, yeah, I mean, it's a situation where basically we're just talking about... Look, I don't have an opinion on it. I, I was never involved in abortion in my life. That's, you know, my business. Your business is your business. You've never had an abortion before? I never have. <laughs> never been involved with it. But again, I just, I've told, I've told this story many, many times on KQRS. I waited <clears throat> till I was over 21 years old to have sex in the first place because I knew if I did when I was 16, 17, uh, four different kids I went to junior high school with at 16 years old had babies. Yep. I had, there was at least two in my high school. Yep. And I just said, I'll never get out of here. And again, I love North Minneapolis, but I didn't want to live in poverty my whole life. Mm-hmm. I just, no, I'm not doing it. You have to make decisions for your life and how you want to live it, too. You do. I you remember just, having do. these conversations with Andy. I probably scared the hell out of him. <laughs> I was That's like, okay, so you have a baby. I'm not helping you, and you have to support it yourself. So that's how oh, well, it's going to be. There's still like... <laughs> We're not having a kid until we've got at least ten million in the bank. Yes, we own at least five properties, all paid off. <laughs> all paid off. Yeah. So, He's so, ridiculous. So now you're at about fifteen million. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like having kids but, is, as Michael expensive. Jackson said. If you can't afford the baby, don't have the baby. That's what he said in a song, something like that. Yeah. Something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, Billy Jean. Yeah. Yeah, I, like I said, I'm not trying to tell anybody what to do. You do what you do. I, I do wish it would be free because it would be a much better option for a lot of very young people. I'm not telling you what to do with your body and your baby and all the rest of it. I just tell you there are people, and I just happen to be one of them, that made a decision. I'm not getting involved in that. Sure, I like everybody else, I wanted to have sex when I was 17, 18, 19, and 20. I didn't. That's just the way it is. I just think that there are a lot of things that shouldn't that the government just shouldn't be involved in. I yeah, agree. like there's yeah. No like they should reason. never have been involved in gay marriage because I think that it's just like if you want to get married, you just get should married. have gotten married. Who cares? And yeah, I don't think the government should have matter? been involved in 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 the abortion issue. I get, we yeah. were talking about it's like the morning after pill, free for all. Yeah, I have think that. the morning after pill should be free. Yep, yep I agree. Well, we have our guest. We'll talk to Christopher Emery. How you doing, Christopher? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing extremely well. The only problem that I have is every time I read about the place you used to work, it's very negative, Christopher. It's really wearing on me, I'll tell you that. Well, that's why my book is so great, because it's about the good times. We want to hear about the good times, Christopher. Seriously, I, I and I tell you up front, Christopher, I, I don't lean too hard one way or the other. I tend to be pretty centrist. I, uh, I do not like this negativity. This guy sucks. He's the worst ever. Oh, my God, it's horrible. And I, I don't want to hear that about anybody who's the president or running for president. You know, I, it's a very important office to me. It's a very special office to me. And, I, Christopher, it's got to be a huge thing for you. Well, of course. You know, and I, I, I'm still partial, and I, I pay attention to it every day. I mean, I spent right. eight amazing years there working for three amazing presidents. And uh, it's it's you know to see the the, the media and the, the critique and the and the stuff that's going on it's just hard it's hard to follow. It is very hard to follow, but you know, Christopher, you're the perfect guy for me to talk to because you worked for Ronald Reagan, you worked for Clinton, you were you know these are not exactly guys that saw things the same way. Yet somehow Christopher Emery was smart enough or talented enough to work for both of them. How'd that ever happen, Christopher? We're told I today. was lucky. Yeah, yeah, well, good, good. Uh, I was the luckiest guy in the world to have that job. You know, I I had personal daily contact with three U.S. presidents, and uh, it was very personal. 
and uh, it, was, it was very unique, and I cherish those moments. In fact, my book doesn't really go into all those details because I keep a lot of those conversations private, and I always will. But it yeah. does give you a sense for how things really operate inside the, those four walls. I could see that. Christopher Emery is our special guest. White House Usher Stories from the Inside. I want to sit back now, Christopher, and shut up and hear your wonder, because I've read your, your story. Your stories are great. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, I was just, uh, as I mentioned, you know, I got there on a lark. I, uh, I never expected to, to work in the White House. People often said to me, who do you know to get that job? <laughs> well, yeah, there you go. If, if you read in the book, I, I talk about that. You know, all I was trying to do was get a rejection letter from the White House. And I thought, what a great thing to show around the office. And it backfired. They, they actually hired. Damn it. How did it happen? It sounds like why I considered uh, applying to Harvard, just so I could say. Uh, <laughs> I almost got into Harvard, but <laughs> that's yes, quite true. I was at Yale once. I walked by it. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Christopher, you're a fellow a Ivy Leaguer, I see. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you and Andy, the Ivy Leaguers out there. Christopher, I love that. And you got to tell everybody you talked to in an interview that you wanted a rejection letter, and damn it, I got hired. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it was, it was it was truly a lark on my part. And, and even when they called that, that night that I was at home, and I get a call from the White House, and I thought it had to be a joke. And I almost started speaking like Arnold Schwarzenegger or doing some voice like you know, I was going to do a voice, and then, but the lady kept reading from my resume. I thought, this is real. So anyway, yeah, I, I, I had the, the, the incredible experience of, of working uh, directly three years, President Reagan, four years, George H.W. Bush, and uh, about 14 months of the Clintons. And I, uh, I had you know, more access to the president than his own family. Just for the nature of the job, you know, managing the White House residence, which actually has a staff of 96 people. There's 18 acres of grounds and 132-room mansion. And plus, you know, I was in charge of events. Um, you know, so my hours were, you know, sometimes uh, I had three or four 20-hour days in a week, believe it or not, which, which isn't fun. <laughs> But you're so, you know, you're so exhilarating. It's just so amazing and exciting to be there. I never, never took it for granted. And I never took myself too seriously. Well, I wish we were back there in the Christopher Emery days when you didn't take yourself and nobody took themselves so seriously. Because everybody right now is an expert, and my God, they can't wait to do some damage. <laughs> well, write a book. At least my book was, uh, it's not a kiss and tell, so... There's nothing in there that, that would, and that, I had a problem with that because the, the, the publishers and the agents all said I had to write stuff that was revealing, that would sell books, that would make headlines. And I kept saying, well, that's not what this, this book is, is about a story of how the White House runs. It's about right. this thing called the usher's office, which nobody understands. Yeah, so the White, had, White House usher. How you like it. Right. Right, ah, right. that doesn't work. You know, Christopher, I got to. <clears throat> if you don't mind me using the, using a little, it's not that big a deal. But I just, you know, don't be offended by this because it was her response <clears throat> many years ago. I was interviewing Mike Wallace, the legendary mm-hmm. newsman Mike Wallace, and just a great guy. And I'm talking about the White House and this that, and the other thing. <clears throat> and he said, "Hey, I saw your guest list for later on today on your show." I said, "Yeah, absolutely." And he goes, "You're interviewing Angie Dickinson." And I said, yeah, she's going to be on in about 20 minutes. And he said, could you do me a favor and ask her a question? And I said, absolutely, I'll ask her whatever you want. I want to ask. And then I won't tell you what he told me to ask her. He told me this on the air, what to ask her. 
And so I go, okay, I'll do that. So 20 minutes later, Angie Dickinson comes on. And by the way, Mike Wallace was a tremendous guest, very smart man. And then Angie Dickinson, just a sweetheart of a person, very smart, real talented, the whole deal. She comes on, and I said, uh, to get started, Angie, I have to ask you a question that was passed on to me by your friend, Mike Wallace. She goes, oh, yeah, Mike. Mike's a very good friend of mine. I said, okay, I want to ask you this question on the air, if that's all right with you. And she said, yeah, that's fine. I said, okay, this is a question directly from Mike Wallace. Angie. Is it true that you had sex with JFK in the White House? <laughs> and there's this long pause, and she goes, Tom, would you do me a favor and call Mike back and say it's none of his goddamn business? <laughs> wow. That's hilarious. That you know, a- I, I, met, I met Mike Wallace and Chris Wallace and Angie Dickinson. Um, and, and you know what? I have a, a quick story about uh, Mar- well, uh, the White House and, and JFK. I uh, got a call one morning from uh, President Bush, and he said, come on over to the office. I got somebody I want you to meet. So my office was actually in the residence of the White House, the home of the family, and I walked over to the West Wing to the Oval Office. I get there, and the secretary says, oh, yeah, go on in. He's waiting for you. I open the door. I see the president seated at the famous Resolute desk. He's facing me. And there's two gentlemen with their backs towards me. So as I walk in, these, these gentlemen stand to, and turn towards me, Ted Williams and Joe DiMaggio. Oh, God, what a day. And the president says, I know what a, a baseball fan you are. I thought you might enjoy taking these guys on a tour of the private residence. <laughs> well. And I said, of course. <laughs> and, and, and on my way out of the office, I looked back at the president. And I said, did you let Mrs. Bush know that we're coming over? Because last time he did this to me, I took astronauts upstairs. And Mrs. Bush was in her pajamas. So. <laughs> Sounds I familiar. It. I love it. Christopher, do you, so, do you, have, a, do you so, have more time? Do you have to be out right at sure. noon? Or do you have another segment? No. Can you do another segment? Oh, of course. Oh, I'd love to keep you on. Let's take a break. Be right back. Another segment with Christopher Emery. The book, White House, How's Your Stories from the Inside. will continue in just two minutes with the family. <laughs> Tom here for Shift Real Estate. Last year, about this time when we were making plans for Key West, I met the folks from Shift Real Estate. And when I heard the Shift story, it made sense to me. It made sense to my kids, and it makes sense to pretty much everybody that's heard about them. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees. How do they do it? Shift lists for a flat fee of $5,000. You work with a full-time salaried agent. They take professional photos and videos of your home. List it on the MLS and market your home online, all for a $5,000 flat fee. Call Shift Real Estate and tell them about your home. Tell them that you heard me talking about it, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more when you list with Shift. It's the common sense way to sell your home. Visit Shift2Sell.com. That's Shift, the number two, Sell.com. Because life is expensive enough. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. 
Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is an equal opportunity employer. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. The book is called The White House Usher Stories from the Inside. Christopher Emery, our very special guest. I am so happy you had another segment open because there are so many more things I want to hear about your time at the White House, all those years at the White House. But I I want to ask you going in, Christopher, because you watched three presidents from the inside. You've watched, I'm sure, um, George W. Bush. You've watched Barack Obama. You didn't work there at the time, but you watched both, and now Donald Trump. Do you think, and I'll give you an example of a guy you worked, you worked for, handle it the right way. At a, at a debate many years ago, uh, Reagan and Mondale, 1980 yeah. was that, or 80, 84? It was 84. Yeah, 84. So, um, I, I, the question was asked at the debate, well, what about age, uh, Mr., uh, Mr. President? Uh, the, the topic of age has come up. What do you think of that? And he said, I will not hold Walter Mondale's youth against him. <laughs> it was a brilliant response. Classic. It's the way he should have responded. But now it's like, oh, that bum over here. I mean, they have to rip each other apart. Why do they have to do that, Christopher? Well, it really changed. You know, I, I think the beginning of the end of the relationships. Now, I'll tell you one story about Ronald Reagan. Everybody knows Tip O'Neill, Speaker mm-hmm. of the House. Yep, yep. Massachusetts, Boston, big guy, you know, white hair. Um, I remember taking Tip O'Neill up to see President Reagan after it was like five or six o'clock after a, a long day. And I could hear them sitting in the West Wing Hall, the private residence. President Reagan's drinking uh, vodka and orange juice, and Tip O'Neill, of course, is drinking Irish whiskey. <laughs> and, and you hear these guys laughing. They're telling stories. After an hour, uh, president escorts Tip O'Neill back to the elevator, and I'm there. And, I, and Tip O'Neill says, thank you, Mr. President. And, and he says to the president, tomorrow morning we put our uniforms back on, and we go at it again. And the president said, yeah, and tomorrow night you'll be over here having drinks with me. And telling jokes, from what I hear. They used to tell each other so, jokes all the time. Yeah, and even, even into the first Bush administration, you remember George H.W. was a former congressman. Yep. He had a lot of friends on both sides of the aisle. He, too, would, would often entertain. So, you know, they had this persona. During the day, they had to look like they were against each other, but they were truly friends. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, everybody is just blood. I mean, you know, there's absolutely no relationships. You know, their schedules in, on Congress are so short. They work Tuesday through Thursday. They fly back to their, their <laughs> districts, their home districts. They have no time together. It used to be they spend the weekends together. They go out to dinner. None of that exists now. So it's, it's very it's a very different dynamic. Is that because of big business? Is that there's so much money in digital now, all of those billions of dollars? Is it all about the money now? Well of course it's about the money. These guys they, well, You sound like, like my mother there, by the way, Christopher. <laughs> well, Tom, of course it's about the <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Well, I just I just wanted to finish one real quick thing. Sure. Remember I left you, I was with Joe DiMaggio and Ted Wayne. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. I I'm spending two hours with these guys, and I'm just having so much fun. 
I'm taking him up to the private residence. I'm in the elevator. And you know, all I could think of when I see Joe DiMaggio sitting, standing in the elevator of the White House, going up to the private residence, all I wanted to do was ask him about Marilyn Monroe, <laughs> who, probably was, who probably was in the same elevator for different reasons. Yes. <laughs> but I didn't. I was good. I didn't bring her up. Well. Anyway. That was very nice of you. And, and as far as that, <laughs> Ted Williams is another guy, though, uh, same guy in the elevator with you. Ted Williams is not a guy you'd want to make angry. I'll tell you that. I heard that. But, you know, he's really uh, genteel and he's quite gentleman. We, yeah, uh, we talk was. quite a bit. Very nice guy. He was a very, I only talked to him once in my life, but he was a tremendously nice man. Took his game very seriously, and he literally could not understand when he was. Uh, when he was managing a team, why can't you guys hit 400? <laughs> he was just, he couldn't believe it. Well, he was uh, a perfectionist, no doubt. He no. was, there's no doubt about it. Christopher, so you get this job. Tell me about the first day on the job. That's, that had to have been amazing. It was amazing. I actually started working, it was a Sunday, because there was a, there was a, a public broadcasting system, what they called In Performance at the White House, an entertainment. It was a, a show that was going to be taped for PBS, and they had uh, Bobby Short, Liza Minnelli, and, and uh, uh, Vic. Uh, what is now? I can't remember the the, the other <laughs> the other actors, but they were they were playing uh, music, uh, Hodge and Hearts, which is like 1930s greatest hits. Really bad. <laughs> I mean, I didn't like <laughs> but it was really in what the Reagans liked. It was pretty funny. But uh, so that I walked in in the morning and of course the, the house is just torn to shreds because they're, they're setting up all the lighting and all the stage work and all this stuff so it was, it was crazy so I didn't uh, I got to see the president and first lady my first day but I didn't meet them I met the first lady the first day but I didn't meet the president until like two days later and uh, that was when my boss took me up in the elevator and we greeted the president as he walked out as he was headed to the Oval Office I remember seeing this man for the first time this close, and, and just the, the stature. I mean, he was he was like 6'2", broad-shouldered. I remember seeing that the lines in his face seemed deeper, but he just looked like he was in such great shape. And an interesting story about Reagan that people don't realize, you know, after Hinckley uh, shot him in the chest, um, he was prescribed a heavy regimen of working out, so he did a lot of bench presses. Mm. And the Universal Gym that the president used was directly above the usher's office. So the president would come back from the Oval Office around 5, and within 20 minutes you hear the clanking of the bench press as he was doing these bench presses. The president, President Reagan, actually increased his shirt size by three sizes. <laughs> wow. Because of the muscles that he built up in his chest. Wow. He was already an athlete, but, I mean, he did that when he was, like, 70-something. It was amazing. That is a great story. That's a wonderful story. Was it Vic Morrow? Was that the guy? Yeah. Uh, uh, Vic Morrow was... Um, I thought so, yeah. Uh, Vic Morrow. Yeah, remind me who Vic... I, I remember the name. He had a movie, The Twilight Zone, out at that time. That's a matter of fact, right. he, was, he was killed shooting that movie. Yeah. Oh, really? Right. Yep. Oh. Yeah, that was kind of eerie. I love history, Christopher. <laughs> I well, do. yeah, the book is done well. It's on Amazon. I've gotten... 72% five-star ratings, which I think is good. That's very good. Uh, not everybody that. likes it, but it, it, it's not all serious stuff. I mean, there's there's a lot of funny stories in there um, because there was a lot of funny things that happened. And, and it's like I said, it's, it's, a, it's a story about what really happens inside the White House, which most people don't know. 
What I like about it, Christopher, it could not have come out at a better time because it, it, it is frustrating. I'm sitting here with my wife, our son, our daughter, our son's uh, wife, uh, a family friend forever. This is a very tight-knit family we have in here. And to hear somebody talking positively about Washington, D.C. is a real treat, Christopher, I'll tell you that. Well, and, and I, I believe me, I remember sitting in the green room of the White House as the sun was setting and there were no events and the family was upstairs, so I was just by myself. And I would sit there and I, I would look through those blown glass windows out on the south grounds and I thought to myself, wow, they're actually paying me to do this job, which yeah. is the greatest job in the world. I know you actually get well. You know that it's nice to feel that to go. I actually get paid for doing this. I love this so much. It's so much fun. It's so interesting, and I actually get to collect a paycheck for it. It is a dream. Great timing on the release of the book, Christopher. It's a really good book. Thank White you. House Usher Thank stories so from the much. inside. Christopher, thanks for your time today, sir. Thank you. You all take care. I appreciate it. Bye, Christopher Emery. E M E R Y. Um, yeah, I, I've done a lot of reading them up over the years over over when Christopher was at the White House, when all these people are at the White House. Um, I just, do you ever remember a time, Ralph, because you and I are approximately mm-hmm. the same age, I don't remember it ever being this vicious. Like, no. we will end your career, we'll ruin you if you don't vote the way we do. And, and his comment about the people not staying around on the weekend, there's no social life left right. uh, amongst the legislators, yep. amongst the... Oh, well, 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 all three branches. I mean, I'm certain that they had relationships as a result of working together, as a result of partying together, as a result of vacation together, mm-hmm. going on junkets together. I mean, they all do that sort of stuff. And, and even though you're across the aisle, you're out, you're out someplace in Paris, you're having dinner together. I mean, you, you have relationships right. and past experiences that you build on to try to work together. And that's and there was working together. I really get the sense that. 30 years ago, there was a certain sense of working together at some point where you can get some compromise and get, no get to come to yes on something. You can do it any now. Any of that. that doesn't even happen now. Yeah, Tip O'Neill, who was very liberal, and Ronald Reagan, who was very conservative, they were very good friends. They drank together. They smoked cigars together. They laughed. Had a, I don't know if he still smoked cigars after he was shot in the chest. Probably not. But... Um, it's just they got along really well, and now you can't even say somebody's name, and they'll just go nuts. Yeah. It's like, settle down, for God's sake. We'll take a break. Be back hour two. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean. Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether or not you decide you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy (laughs) if i'm hanging out with you Uh, maybe (laughs) (laughs) okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant walls automotive group walls.com and doug sprinthal 
Nissan news. This is exciting, and I'm glad Andy's here. We just got our first shipments at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan of the all-new 2021 Nissan Rogue. Dude, you need to trade. This is a brand-new vehicle. It's got bird's-eye parking. So when you're backing up, you hit the screen, and it's like a spy satellite above oh. the vehicle. It is, And it's got ProPilot. It is cool. Trade your car in. Well, Melissa said she did like this one better than the last one, so maybe she'll like the next one better than this one. All right. Be like Andy and Melissa and check out the Nissan Rogue. It's been a dream of mine to be like Andy ever since he was born. <laughs> so, yeah, check out these vehicles at Walzer Nissan in Burnsville and in Coon Rapids, House of J-Lo and the House of Dan Resch. Tell them Andy sent you. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Great to be here. A lot of great stuff coming up on the show today, including, uh, what, a Mr. Mann? Is that his name? Kyle Mann, I think. He's yep. a guy from Babylon B. Looking forward to reading Babylon B for a long time, so it's great having next Kyle segment. on. It's in the next segment. Works for me. Uh, lots to talk about. I noticed today for some reason, and I don't know why, but it's a Monday. And every other story is about somebody apologizing for something. Oh, really? Every story that I see is about Schitt's Creek. Oh, yeah, Schitt's Creek. That was Schitt's huge. That, I love that show. It won yeah, we could start Emmys. there. We wow. could start there. It's so funny because, like, Wait, four. It, the Emmys was this weekend? Yep. Yes, yes. Last night. Yeah, yeah I, was, I, was, I, was, I was with you. I'm like, if, I had no if, idea. Seriously, yeah. if I didn't see Kristen Burt's tweet about the Emmys, I wouldn't have known anything that the Emmys yeah, were even no going idea. on. I had no idea. I didn't know that they were happening until afterwards when everybody was like, shit, Greg just won all the Emmys. Yeah. And it's so funny because about four days ago, we stopped <clears throat> watching it for some strange reason a couple of seasons ago. Right. I don't know if it just. It, I don't know what it happened. It definitely kind of tailed off. I yeah, think, it was then. fantastic. And, I'm fantastic. Like, and then you the said that season. there was a season that was really funny again. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to start watching it again. And I started like five days ago. And then all of a sudden it's oh like, God, it wins all the Emmys. It's so freaking <laughs> like, That's just funny. so funny. Well, Except for I'm still, still hurt by your comparison of me to Alexis. That wasn't her. That was Mil- Bill's okay, car. I could see, you I could see that. <laughs> this is maybe <laughs> why you remind us. Yeah, I was going to say, can you yell at David? <laughs> yeah, yell at David about it. Yell exactly. David. <laughs> now, I yeah, do have to like, point. Spot on. <laughs> I do have to point out one thing about that victory, and it was across the board. They swept all the comedy Emmys, right? I love the show. I've always loved the show. I love everybody on it. I think Eugene Levy, uh, Catherine O'Hara, they're just fantastic. Everybody mm-hmm. in it's great. Yeah. I love it. Yes. You know, Chris, uh, who whose name is Rolling Shit. Anybody whose name is Rolling Steve. Shit. Is Stevie? Is it yeah. Stevie the... Stevie, the little gal, the plaid wearing gal. Oh, yeah, yeah. she's great. great. Yeah, everybody on there's good, but you have to understand one thing look at the amount the mindset in America right now, and what is it about Schitt's Creek that they could totally avoid taking America sucks head on? They're gay, nope. No black people. It's there's a Canada, couple black people. I don't think there's black people in Shit's Creek. There's there no, are a couple, yeah. yeah there no, are. Yes, in the singing group, there's... Well, yeah. But, well, like, there's it's no black main... face. It's not real black people. <laughs> there are no main <laughs> characters. Well, it's black. the main characters are the family. family. But then they're all, the but they're all marrying white people. And... Oh. They're not married, are they? <gasps> they're... Uh-oh. See... Nobody's married, but, like, no, they're... Alexis is dating that white guy, and... 
Oh, I haven't seen the I haven't seen the She's back with the vet guy. Yeah. Well, six seasons not out yet. So sweet. I know. Is the six week season out yet? I don't know. I don't think it is. I think I'm on like season four. It's out. You can get it on like some weird channel, but I don't think it's on Netflix. Like oh, really? Hulu TV. I, yeah, I get it on Hulu. Hulu. Like, I just I watch it on Hulu. I don't know what. Yeah, what I'll say it's I saw on. like a thing on Hulu because it won the Emmys. But yeah, I'm on the season that she uh, Moira went to Bosnia. Oh God. And came back. Oh my God. And she's like Bosnia, Bosnia, Bosnia. Oh my God. <laughs> so you said they won all the comedy Emmys. They did. Did they win them all by default? Because it's the only comedy show left right now. Yeah, Yeah, that's about it. Well, that's true. There are hardly any comedies. I can't name another one. Mm, I mean, like there's Hulu ones and Netflix ones. Yeah, it's not on. It's not like main because they're Schitt's Creek isn't even on a main. No, no, no. It's on Netflix. It's on because it's a Canadian, so it's on like Pop Network or something like that. And I'm like, that's not a thing. Pop oh. TV it was, yeah. Oh, it was on, that's TV. where it started on yeah. Pop TV. in Canada. Yeah. Well, so you can only get it on Hulu Is it on the CBC? Netflix. It is yeah. on the CBC. It is, is on it? the CBC. That's like yeah. the channel in Canada. Yeah. So. Oh, okay. Indeed. But, yeah, I, look, it deserves it. I love the show. Everybody on it's great and all the rest of it. But let's not forget, they did pick a Canadian show for a <laughs> but reason. it's so good. I mean, Fold in really the good. Cheese. What? Fold in the Cheese. Have you not seen Fold in the Cheese yet? It's no, one of the, i got to catch up. It's one of the funniest moments on any television show I've ever seen. Fold in the Cheese. Oh, my God. David and Moira are trying to cook together. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, I did see that oh one. Oh, my yeah. God. It's so damn funny. Yeah, not good. It's <laughs> not so, a good plan. the direction is Fold in the Cheese, and they're, they both have no idea what I feel that like means. that's a new made-up Mo- thing. But Moira's pretending she does. Recipes? No, it's been around for a while, no, has it? Yeah. Folding no, in is like just, a you like meringue. Yeah. You slowly right. scoop and stir. You don't just take the whisk and just go to town. Yeah. No. And Moira's Gentle. just like, just fold it in, David. Like over and over. And he's like, I don't know. It's so funny. Fold it's like it pivot, in. pivot. Yeah. yeah. It's like the things. iconic scene of that show, of anybody that's watched yeah. all of it. Really, really good show. That's all I know. Yeah, the first season is the only one I've seen, and it's it's okay. It, like Shit's yeah. Creek has a huge like cult following. At yeah, Union, it does. we would they would do drag brunch like Shit's Creek drag brunches. Oh, oh really? And I want to go to that. I, go to that. <laughs> I had never seen the show until like these drag brunches, and I was like. Like, I, what is, I don't know show? what's going on, but I think this is terrible. And there was like, no, you have to watch a show to understand. Yeah, it's you do. Ridiculous. Yeah, it's, 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 it's so because good. the premise is so outlandish. Yeah. yeah. You know, a very we- formerly wealthy family mm-hmm. buys a buys a town just right. because <laughs> of the funny name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It was, his, it was right. a birthday gift to David. Yeah. I mean, oh. that's just a weird concept. In itself, right. but then after you get to know the family, you see. That well, they're all just so crazy. Yeah. Each in their own so way. Crazy. So crazy. Moira, is true. Is, Moira is out there big time. Yeah. I so love her character. We shall see how it works <laughs> out. But yeah, Schitt's Creek won all of the comedy category. Uh, who won the dramas? I, they didn't, I didn't even hear I it mentioned. Say, no, I, I haven't heard anything except for Schitt's Creek. I haven't either. <laughs> I That's all like, I've heard. Like Little Fires Everywhere, which I just watched. I've, I watched that. That was <laughs> good. That was good. I Google Emmys. Did you mean Emmys, Schitt's Creek? <laughs> <laughs> That's not good for other mm. people. Big Little Lies. Big Little Lies is good. That's really on good. there. Okay, um, so I'm agreeing with things for a change. Usually I'm like, what? What's the other one with Reese Witherspoon about fires? Oh, yeah. There's little fires everywhere, and then there's something else. Fires. Fire in so your belly. So, for outstanding comedy. Fire in your belly. <laughs> there was Curb Your Enthusiasm, which oh. I've heard of. Good show. <laughs> You've heard of it. That's good. Dead to Me, 
Never heard oh, of. Dead, oh, Dead to Me is really good. That is a good show. Insecure, never heard of. Oh, Dead to Me, I love it. Dead to Me. The Good Place, I've heard of. Good Place is Kaminsky Method, no. Kaminsky Method is a great. Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, I've heard of because you watched that. So good. What We Do in the Shadows, no. Yeah. So most of these I've never heard. But some really, really good ones. The only problem I have now with the Kaminsky Method. I've never seen it. Kaminsky Method. The first season was phenomenal. Second season is really political. Which yeah. I haven't watched. I watched the first episode of the second season when I can't watch this. Well, of course. Because it's Michael Netflix, Douglas sits around and, and watches yeah. CNN the whole time. That's all he does is watch CNN. Well, great. Like, okay, now I, I don't want to hear Republican nor Democrat, far left, far right. I would like to be entertained. Thank you. Shut up. Best lead actress was Zendaya. Zendaya? In like Euphoria? Yeah. I've never heard of this show. Mm. I've never heard of Euphoria. Euphoria? She won Best Lead Actress. In the a o- drama series. Never seen it. I mean, the only or euphoria I've ever heard of is when Catherine accepted my uh, my proposal. Mm. <laughs> Gosh. Mm. I was, I'm not sure where that was going to go. I am still not. <laughs> I I still not. What I proposed to her, she said yes. I gave her oh. a... Oh. What'd you think I meant? I had no idea where you were going with <laughs> that. That's my strange, proposal strange. to hang herself in the basement. <laughs> yeah, what? Well, what where did you come up with that? We just what? undid all <laughs> of the good... Thank God, what'd you think I meant? <laughs> no, it's happening. Oh, man. Jesus, pal. Is there a gas leak? What's happening? There must be a gas leak. To hang herself. Low oxygen levels in the studio today. My proposal... What else you propose? You propose marriage. Business proposal. Now, yeah, I'm going to get business with your mother. I don't know. Best drama was Succession, whatever that is. Uh, Succession, I heard, is not very good. I don't know I've that never one. Heard It's of about it. uh, the what's family. Um, God, the big. it's a true story about the Murdoch family. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Well, at least that's what it's based on. I don't know if they're called the Murdochs. What anybody, else it's was in the drama category? Let's see. we got Better Call Saul. Killing Eve. Oh, Killing Eve. You love that. We watch Killing love, Eve. Yeah. Everyone. Ozark, Stranger show. Things, The Crown, The Handmaid's Tale, and The <gasps> Mandalorian, which I'm surprised. A lot of shows that yeah. I actually watch. Normally, it's like I have no idea what any. I've watch. never seen Succession, but I feel like Ozark's got robbed. Like that was that's a great series. It. Ozark. What? People have told me that I can't, I couldn't handle it. Ozark. Man, Ozark. <laughs> well, everybody like, in it's too a intense. That's the major you. problem. Yeah. It's just too. Everybody in it's a jerk. Like, yeah, yeah nobody's likable in it, yeah. which is very a, tough. Yeah, you always have to have like a... Well, Handmaid's Tale is yeah. yeesh. Yeah. I can have one person to hang on to and go, hey, they're not a bad... That's not a bad person right there. Yeah. All right, we got a segue because we got... No, we got another minute or so. That'd be good. Yeah, um, yeah I think. Don't you think so? Oh my I think so. That'll work so out So were the they all, you know, crying about COVID and... <clears throat> Well, it was virtual. I know, but were they still oh, the Emmys? doing their... Not in here. Did people wear stars like, and dress they got up? Dressed up in, like, I'm in their wearing living such rooms. and such in yep. my living room. Mm-hmm. Oh, they really did? Yep. I would have been like sweatpants, like, hoodie. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm sure not even some, wearing pants. I'm sure some did. Keeping it real. The <laughs> by the yeah. way, we why do, should I dress up now? We do have to take a break here, but I got to tell you, I finally made all nine things that people hate about other people. I am now the most hateable man in America. Oh, goody. There's no question. Okay, okay. first of all, I grew up poor, which whether Americans want to admit it or not, they hate poor people. Mm-hmm. Number one reason they hate most black people is because they're poor. And they're easily identifiable as poor. Right. But So they hate poor people. We were poor. I never finished high school. They hate that. I never went to college. They really hate they that. Do, yeah. mm-hmm. And then I succeeded without doing either one. Right. That's the fourth thing. They really hate that. Okay. I'm a white guy. 
Well, wait a minute. I'm white, first of all. Wait, but I thought they loved that. No, no, I'm talking about the world. Oh, no, no, oh, not in America <laughs> now. Right. To well, be no, white well, not is now, not, not good. Now. Number six, I'm a white man. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, it's getting worse by the minute. Don't you think? I, mean, I don't know. I can't relate. But, but I just found <laughs> well, happy again. <laughs> One of the things, my favorite thing, though, is I just found this out yesterday. And I didn't know this, but this, this sews it all up. I am the most hated person on earth because I found out yesterday that America hates Catholics now. So apparently if you're Catholic, they really hate you now. All the other religions are okay. It's just whatever Tom is, we hate. <laughs> well, Catholic is You like... set the standard. <laughs> I did. I set the standard for everybody. Catholic's a hateable religion, I feel like. like. homophobic. Yeah. Women can't be in a place of authority. That isn't even what the Catholic Church is about anymore. Well, Look, I haven't, still... I haven't gone to Mass and ate it. Well, your mom and I go to church once in a while, but I'm not yeah, a religious guy. No. You go to Basilica once in a while. Yeah, like once a year. Um, yeah, once a year or whatever. Well, we're not very religious. We just no. go to so we can just get away from our telephones. That's the only reason we go. <laughs> I know. I feel like you go through like these, we're going to go to church, and you go for like two months, and then not again for a year. Well, it does wear you out. It's actually, it is nice to go to church, especially if there's a pastor or minister or priest or whoever, whomever, is mm-hmm. positive. It's just nice to have a positive yeah, message oh, once yeah. a week, you know? It's nice. Yeah. All right, we got to take a break. Be right back. Very special guest up next with the family. Tom Bernard with the CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski, who just so happens to be a very good friend of mine. If you're trying to get me to give you some shots on the golf course next time, it's not going to work, Tom. Well, it was worth a shot. So, from refinancing your home to small business loans or just a new checking account, you are a locally owned community bank. So what does that mean to folks listening, Michael? We take pride in individually crafted and customized solutions for your business with quick response times to all our customers, Tom. If you're tired of talking to pre-recorded voices and the wait times that can be forever, we answer the phone in Roseville, Edina, Hastings, Woodbury, and Shoreview. Plus, if it's important for your banker to know who you are, that's us, because we're your neighbor. So you're easy to find in a place people can trust. I learned that from personal experience, you know. Next year, I'll give you a couple shots on the front nine. Well, who am I to say no? Why not bank with my family's banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. By now, you've all heard me talk about MyPillow and how it's literally changed my life. My friend Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, fit me for my very own MyPillow, and I haven't stopped raving about them since. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want, and they maintain their shape. Made in the USA. If you don't have a MyPillow or know someone who doesn't, now is the time. Because for a limited time, Mike is offering his premium MyPillows, yes, the one that started it all, for his lowest price ever. You can get a queen-size premium MyPillow for $29.98, regularly $69.98. That's a $40 savings. Kings are only $5 more, by the way. Folks, now is the time to buy. Not only are you getting the lowest price ever, but they are the best Christmas gifts ever. $29.98 for a queen-size premium MyPillow. Buy now, and Mike will extend his 60-day money-back guarantee to March 1st, 2021. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use promo code TOM. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets. Or call 800-516-5146 and use promo code TOM. Do, 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 
We're back, ladies and gentlemen. The only way I can introduce our next guest is to say this. The Babylon Bee is the world's best satire site, totally inerrant in all its truth claims. We write satire about Christian stuff, political stuff, and everyday life. The Babylon Bee was created on the eighth day, in ex, uh, ex nilo, uh, on the eighth day of the creation week. I said eighth day of the creation week. Exactly 6,000 years ago. So good. 6,000 years. It took us 6,000 years to get on Kyle Mann, the Babylon Bee, to get Kyle on the show. Yeah. 6,000 years it took. Kyle. Hi. How are you? Uh, <laughs> hope, I don't, hope I don't disappoint after the, the long wait. Oh, I thought you meant the big buildup. I thought you were going with the, the big buildup rather than the long wait. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, actually, we, talked to, I, we, we had talked about getting someone on from the Babylon Bee, getting you on now for months and months. And I thank God it finally happened because I am a, well, everybody in this room is a huge fan of the Babylon Bee. Oh, my God. Thank God for you on Twitter. Otherwise, Twitter would probably be, be insufferable. <laughs> <laughs> you think? How many times have you been in big trouble with the Twitter sphere for all of your fabulous comments? Oh, oh, we get in trouble all the time. Uh, there's a certain segment of uh, Christianity and politics that does not like us at all. Uh, you know, and Twitter has uh, suspended us before. Uh, we've gotten in trouble with Facebook and the Snopes fact checkers. So I, I think that means we're doing something right. I, I hope so anyway. <laughs> well, I have a question for you. You're doing comedy and they need to do a fact check on you? That makes no sense. <laughs> Right? It's uh, you know, it's like you're telling a joke at a party and you and someone comes up and says, "Actually, you know, a priest, a rabbi and a pastor did not go into a bar together." <laughs> <laughs> that would never happen, Kyle. You're lying. No, no. Well, it happens often to us. So. It also seems like uh some of your tweets are they they're like prophesizing. They actually come true. That's the other scary part. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I, I do a series of tweets where I tweet out a, a, another Babylon B prophecy fulfilled. Yep. You know, and it seems like it's happening a few times a week now. <laughs> you know, like the Simpsons. It is kind of like, yeah, it is kind of like, yeah. exactly. Kyle, i got to tell you something. The one thing that I really enjoy about the Babylon B is is that I tend to be pretty centrist in my politics. Maybe I might lean a little right, not, but not really because no, I'm, I'm pretty much stuck in the middle. But I have had people from uh, the Republican side and from the Democratic side that said, you got to see the Babylon Bee, Tom. It's right in your wheelhouse. You would love it. So you're covering Republicans, Democrats, centrists, maybe not the far left or the far right, but you got everybody in the middle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think good comedy cuts right to the middle and just kind of lobs a hand grenade into the culture and just, uh, you know, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna catch everybody in your sites from time to time. So I think that's a sign of of good comedy usually well we pointed out this morning kyle that i now have seven or eight strikes against me as maybe the most hated man on earth after i found out uh, yesterday you know because you know being being born raised poor was was not good i never finished high school i didn't go to college i i was successful even though that happened i'm a man i'm a white man and now i found out that i'm a catholic white man it's even worse and I'm not even that religious. I just, boy, I strike, uh, I strike all the notes, Kyle. Everything that everyone hates, that would be. Just call Tom Bernard, Kyle. I'm your guy. Yeah. Well, you know, you got to do better. 
That's <laughs> <laughs> always the advice. Just You're do right. better. Just do better. No, they'll never tell you what's better. Just do it. Yeah, just do it. Yeah, that's very, yeah. very true. Um, I, we, we just talked this morning, Kyle, about the, you made a reference to this. In the state of Minnesota, you know, we're going through a lot of things right now where, where Twitter pulls things they don't believe are true and Facebook pulls things they don't believe are true. And it's all political. It really has nothing to do with the truth. It's political. And that's the, the big problem we have here. Uh, it reminded me of something. I did the research last night. And uh, our uh, governor, Floyd B. Olson, 90 years ago, his case was thrown out of court because he tried to sue the local newspapers if they wrote anything negative about him. He tried to get it removed. He tried to get it rubbed out. And the uh, Supreme Court of the State of Minnesota said, no, I'm sorry, you can't do that. So it's been going on here forever, Kyle, forever. Yeah, yeah comedians are often on the uh, – they often draw the ire of politicians and uh, – and the government, because you know they don't like they don't like us holding up a funhouse mirror to them to show how goofy some of the stuff they do is. I, I, no matter how you can work it in, it doesn't matter to me. But you could throw if you could somehow before you die throw your, my name into one of your bits, I'd be I'd be honored. You know, doesn't have to be about me. Just use my name, just so I can go look. I was in Babylon B. That's all I know. But you got it. So you, who's better than you? It ain't going to be good, Tom. I, can, I heard that tone, Kyle. Well, Tom, it's going to be You asked the... for it. <laughs> That's exactly right. How did it all start? How did Babylon Bee come together? We launched as a Christian satire site four years ago because uh, we kind of, you know, we're Christians that like to laugh and, you know, we like to make fun of politics and all that. And, and there wasn't really anything in our space. There wasn't anything that really made fun of the left or uh, made fun of conservatives, but not in a, a really mean way. And so we kind of saw a void in the market for that. We launched the site about uh, four and a half years ago. And, uh, yeah, it was basically just a couple guys running it in our basements for years. And uh, we eventually uh, grew it into kind of an actual business. We launched a subscription service recently where people will pay to take off ads and uh, just to support us in case we get censored by social media. <laughs> now we've actually in got case. some <laughs> momentum and stuff. In but, case? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kyle, I, I just think it's great. I, uh, my friend Doug Sprinthal is, a, is the one who told me about Babylon Bee many, many, many months ago. I thought it was me. No, he told me first, and I told mm, you, actually. I don't think so. Well, my own wife is turning on me, Kyle. You've been a great guest so far. <laughs> so far, I'm going to get thrown under the bus in a Babylon Bee, and now my wife hates me. No, Way to go, Kyle. That's not how anything went, but... <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. Yes, you're welcome, Tom. Thank you very much for... Uh, well, you know what I really like about the Babylon Bee is you never go way over the top, like... I, I don't watch late-night talk shows anymore because they're not funny. They go after only one side of the issue. They're very mean about it. I don't care. Babylon B takes, I mean, it digs deep. There's no question. But I don't. it's never got that really mean edge to it, which I, I really like. It's supposed to be comedy. Let's not get too mean about it, shall we? It's funny. Yeah, yeah, there's a line in comedy, and, and the reason that a lot of that late-night stuff isn't funny is because they they've gotten so serious you know they take the trump administration so seriously and they're just lecturing you on why trump is bad all the time and you know maybe he's done some bad things but that's not comedy you know now you're just giving a political lecture so we do try to we do try to hit it with a good spirit and uh and try to hit both sides 
I think it's magnificent. I don't. Somebody just sent me something. I don't. It doesn't say if it was in the Babylon Bee or not. Did, did you guys run an? Uh, I assume they think you did it. So I'm, I assume you did it. The telephone conversation about an hour ago between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. Was, uh, no, that wasn't. A, that wasn't you guys. No, well, that's actually pretty funny though. You want to hear it just very quickly? Oh yeah. So there's a picture of, of Hillary Clinton. <laughs> Uh, and, and she's on the phone. She says, Supreme Court uh, Justice Ruth Gin- uh, Bader Ginsburg died, and I would very much like to take her place. And Donald Trump on the other end says, well, it's all right with me if it's okay with the funeral home. <laughs> Gosh, that's a little cold, don't you think? <laughs> You're right. That's not a Babylon Bee kind of no. thing at all. Oh. No, no, no. We're much more sensitive. <laughs> yeah, you're much more sensitive than that, I forgot. You guys certainly have rich writing grounds these days. <laughs> yeah, the only problem is trying to stay ahead of reality. Yep. <laughs> I would imagine it's probably true. Now, i got to tell you something, Kyle, and this is a true story. I think it was on April 10th. I think it was April 10th, April 9th, 10th, something like that. I had lunch with President Trump, and I talked to him about the Babylon Bee. He knows all about it. Do you know that he knows all about it? Were you aware of that? Uh, you're going to have to fill me in. I, I know that Trump has shared some of our stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I just I had lunch with him, and, and we talked about the Babylon Bee and how much we loved it. And you got high praise from a uh, morning right. talk show host and the president of the United States. That's pretty good, Kyle. Two equal positions. Beautiful. <laughs> yes, two equal positions. Morning radio guy and the president of the United States. That's exactly right. No question. I'm honored, at least by the radio guy. <laughs> <laughs> How much longer you get? I hope you guys stick around forever because I, I really miss, you know, everything. I don't care. You can go all the way back to Mad Magazine and Cracked and all those other things. I miss all that stuff and the other great sites. I used to be a big fan of, what's the one out of Madison again? The Onion. Oh, right. That's changed yeah. a bit now, though. Oh, God, that got yeah. a little too one-sided for me. Mm-hmm. So to have you guys come along just when, when it seems like the Onion's kind of given up on going after both sides, I appreciate it, Kyle. It's... I every day I get it. I get the email and I read it every day. I just absolutely love it. Uh, yeah, thanks. We're not going anywhere. Well, you better not go anywhere. Kyle. Uh, I also do a morning talk show in town, a KQRS morning show. I'd, lo- I'd love to get you booked on that if you're amenable to that. Sure. I will reach out to you, Mr. Man, Babylon B. Kyle Man, ladies and gentlemen. If you haven't seen it, it's Babylon B. B. A. B. Y. L. O. N. B-E-E.com, BabylonB.com. It is very, very funny. What I really like about it again, Kyle, it's never mean. It's hard-hitting, but it's never mean, and it's very funny. So you guys are doing a great job. Yeah, thanks. Um, the 909 number is a good one to have the producer on the morning show reach out to you. Is that, would that work? Yeah, that's perfect. I'll get it done. Kyle, thank you so much for your time. Great work at the Babylon B, sir. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks. Bye. All right. We'll be back in a couple minutes with the family. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. Last year, about this time when we were making plans for Key West, I met the folks from Shift Real Estate. And when I heard the Shift story, it made sense to me. It made sense to my kids, and it makes sense to pretty much everybody that's heard about them. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees. How do they do it? Shift lists for a flat fee of $5,000. You work with a full-time salaried agent. They take professional photos and videos of your home, list it on the MLS, and market your home online, all for a $5,000 flat fee. 
Call Shift Real Estate and tell them about your home. Tell them that you heard me talking about it, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more when you list with Shift. It's the common sense way to sell your home. Visit Shift2Sell.com. That's Shift, the number two, Sell.com. Because life is expensive enough. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is the equal opportunity employer. Oh, yeah. Andy just told us something we didn't even know. Andy Axe Cop. Yeah. The creative director of the Babylon Bee is the co-creator and illustrator of Axe Cop, which some people out there might know what it is. It's a webcomic. <laughs> a 29... Well, this was 11 years ago it was made. Wow. A uh, 29-year-old and his 5-year-old nephew, I think. The nephew would tell stories, you know, has... Five-year-olds tend to tell stories yes, about they nothing. Yes, certainly do. So he would write down these stories and then illustrate them. That's a really good idea. <clears throat> oh, it was very popular back when it came out, I remember. Oh, was it? Yeah, because it was very, you know, it was the mind of a five-year-old made into, you know, reality, which people often try to do in things like cartoons, but it just never really works because it's just hard to be as disjointed and crazy as a five-year-old. <laughs> You can try all you want, yeah. but you're never going to be as crazy as a child. Oh, yeah. It's so should I pass real. along the sage story? The two-year-old sagey comes in. He's got his blue baseball cap on. What do you do now? And he says, tell Bop Bop not to get me. Because we always play this game with, with Fawn mm-hmm. and Sage. I'm going to get you. And you chase them around. They laugh and they have a great time. So he goes, tell Bop Bop not to get me. No, he was, like, sad about it. I know. He was like, tell Bob Bob not to get me. Not to get me. He's going through this scary phase oh. right now. Things are scary. But you don't know the ending, what he said at the end. It was very Yeah, I funny. do. No, you don't. I was the one that translated it. No, because I said something else to him later on, oh. and he it was very funny. So I said, okay, I, I won't get you. Why don't you want me to get you? And he said, because I don't like you. Yeah. Uh-oh. That's what he's well, telling me, right? Well, he actually went, because I don't like you. Because I, yeah, I don't like it like that, right? So later on, I said to him, well, I won't get you. Know, I guess I, I'm going to have to really work hard to get back your trust and confidence. And there's a five-second pause. He goes, yeah, 
<laughs> yeah. I no idea what you just said, but nope. yeah, nope. you're absolutely I, right. He's like, I know you said words. I don't know what they mean, so I'm just going to well, say yes. No, I'm surprised that he said yes because he usually goes, nah. 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 I say, if he's true. saying yes, then he's trained well for his like future wife. You just, <laughs> hey. yep, just say yes. Very good <laughs> point. That's not, I, that does not apply to my relationship with Dan. What? Like the just say yes to your wife thing. Like he's definitely the more. That's like, a recipe for an unhealthy relationship. Persnickety person out of the two of us. Oh, I'm the one that always says yes to him. Are you oh, kidding me? Oh, that is me? such yeah. bullshit. It is so not bullshit. That is so <laughs> over the. You I get like what whatever you want, <laughs> yeah. whenever you want. Uh, okay. You get whatever you want, whenever you well, want it, and the, you know that. Dan, I'm going to stand up and turn the table over right now. Good luck with <laughs> that. Yeah. Great. I'd love to see yes. it. <laughs> Dan agrees that he's the more like persnickety one out of the two of us because he is. Because I don't. I'm like whatever. Yeah. All right. I don't care. Well, that's so. but that's hereditary. I mean, Scandinavians are the most persnickety that's people. Oh. Very well, they are. It is true. How oh. offensive to all the Scandinavians. It's not offensive. 100% of Minnesota is just offended. I got zero yeah, Scandinavian exactly. in me. How much do you have? Yeah. Danish? Norwegian? Yeah, I don't know See, there it is. It's like 3% or something. It's 3%. I think I'm even count. more black than I am Scandinavian. I am. I'm like a couple percentage of black there. Point four, but you know. No, it's point four. That's what you are. I'm point two. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were point four. Apparently, it's disagree with everybody. <laughs> Apparently, I'm asking. I'm not disagreeing with anybody. Andy, I'm asking a question. Haven't we learned? Just say yes to yes. 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 Haven't you learned yet? Eighty yes. percent black. Yep. The Daily Memo. Just right. agree with the man already. Eighty percent black, twenty percent Italian. Mm. Yep. That's there, our lineage. That's his makeup. Yeah, okay. Okay. You honky bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. I'll just go ahead and turn right on. What do you think? Great. Tevin, did that work out? Did it, was that no, smooth? Oh, yeah, this is probably the smooth. best segment that I've been a part of. <laughs> Thanks so much. Well, Great thing. Yeah, why don't you jump on there? Why don't you move down there and then the table? Yeah, you know, <laughs> water's warm down here. The water's warmer in this More bay. welcoming. <laughs> this end of the table. Comedian Joe Rogan moved his popular eponymous uh, podcast to Spotify at the beginning of the month, and he got things moving last week by making an accusation rega- regarding wildfires near Portland. Oregon. There is a madness going on there, uh, Rogan said during Thursday's podcast for CNN Business. You want to talk about madness of crowds, that exemplifies that right now. He noted that uh, officials had arrested left-wing people for setting the blazes, adding, you know, air quote, activists. And this is something that's also not widely being reported. The next day, CNN's Brianna Keeler Explain why that is. It's not being widely reported because it's not true, the CNN anchor said. Per Vanity Fair, local law enforcement and other agencies in Oregon have pushed back on the conspiracy theory. And even the FBI released a statement refuting claims that extremists had set the fires. Well, well then who set them? Mm. You have to be pretty much an extremist to set a fire. I don't give a shit why why. Or they either. started it. It's just the fact that they started a fire. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. the problem, yeah. right? It's right. not good. Don't Cons- care what their politics oh, are. So yeah. Rogan caved in. He apologizes. Oh, there's your very, tough guy. That's very anti-Joe Rogan of him. That's, there's not your anymore, little pocket, your pocket pal, Joe yeah. Rogan, yeah. Yeah. kissing ass. What a shot. Well, he's well, making all that money now. Oh, so much yeah. money where, yeah, now you can't. Oh, I'm sure the the oh, higher-ups at Spotify said, uh, yeah. apologize or you're gone. I looked up how much money 
he makes he's per year disgusting. just from his podcast. Yeah. It's, it's like forty thousand a podcast. Oh, I know. Yes, he makes like, a ton of money. It's insane. What are we doing wrong? We're not yeah. doing anything wrong. <laughs> we're we're signing in uh, another nine days. So well, we're not. We're not pandering. We're, that, we're no and Joe we're also not like widely known you, around the yeah. world. You also think that you're right on fear factor. Right, guys? Yeah, exactly. Now, yeah, why? Uh, what is he? What did he do? Why factor. is he? he was that's, like fear factor. that's what he did. And he's oh. a sideline announcer person, commentary UFC. person for UFC. Yeah. Oh, okay. I had no idea why he was a thing yeah, all of a sudden. Fear factor and like being a comedian was like his first. Well, fear factor really his first claim yeah. to fame. Oh, okay. Yeah. He really got in on that like. Teenage boy culture yes. when, yeah. when it yeah, became a thing, well, and so yeah, now people true. like Dan's age, like males in that age group, mm-hmm. are very yeah. well. That's like he's, him. All, he's all about fighting. He's all about weed. He's yeah. all about yeah the DMT all that conspiracy kind of stuff. theories. Like him, yeah, uh, Sam Tripoli, mm. Joey Diaz are all kind of in that same yeah. anti like buck the establishment. Okay. Type yeah, like they swear a ton and smoke pot while they're on yeah. air. Mm-hmm. They're just like talking about crazy conspiracy. The conspiracy theories, I like which I think that's theory. partly why Dan likes them because he loves conspiracy theories. Mm. No, but Sam Tripoli I've known for years. Joey Diaz, Diaz I've known for seven, eight, ten oh years. Oh my god! Whatever. Mm. The first time he came on, I left. You left? Yeah. Was I, that, I was at the house. Out. I was too. like, mm, why? It was at our house. I don't know. It was like He's... talking about something, and I was just like, I don't want to be involved. Oh, <laughs> he, Joey like... Diaz is not for the faint of heart. No. 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 You gotta, no. You gotta be aware of what you're walking into. Yeah. Yeah. You don't even know this, but Joey Diaz made my friendship with you much stronger. Yeah. Yep, it's true. Because I saw you and I watched you. Joey Diaz used the big end about ten times right in front of oh God. right in front of Tevin. I'm like, Tevin's a hell of a lot stronger than I could be, man. This he is my kind of guy. I'm white. I'm white. Joey doesn't hold back in the no. profanity department no. ever Not at no. all. No. And, yeah, Joey Diaz. I think because back when I was working at the House of Comedy, there was one time where it was like the sec- first time I worked with him, he came in, I was probably like 20 years old. He asked Ken if he could smoke in the club, and for some reason I thought he meant cigarettes. Oh, and I was like, oh, of course, yeah. yeah. If you just go in the back, you could just smoke back there. Nobody cares. And then two seconds later, the entire club smelled like weed. Probably <laughs> the whole mall of America. And he's on stage eating an edible. <laughs> and oh, God, Joey. He's, like, the lady in the front row, like, probably in her 50s, is like, oh, like, that's a brownie. Can I have a piece? And he's like, no, like, this is a special brownie. She's like, no, oh, I love brownies. Like, oh, like he just, like, God. finally breaks down, like, Whoops. there's weed in this brownie. I'm getting high on stage in front of all of you. Like, oh you can't handle this. <laughs> it's too big. And on the show went. It was Back great. Too much. I've always liked Joey. Joey's been a great guest. But that day, I, I'll remember watching you, and you handled that really well. Yeah, no, that was yeah, that was his like second or third time I think that I worked. That's about so we right. Had, we well, had like, a relationship. What was he supposed and to do? Like, we're not gonna we can, fight. In the yeah, middle what are you gonna of be like? Yeah, twenty-year-old Tevin is gonna up, get in Cuban prick. Right. Yeah, <laughs> get in Joey Diaz's face and get fired and from I, his and job. And I have a very strict like, don't try and like outwit a person yeah. that's a professional. No, I agree. Like, yeah. I'm gonna talk shit. When it's like the job that you had, would yeah. it wouldn't have been okay for you to? I don't know. Right. And, you know, and I'm like, and you can tell, like, you can tell, too, like, he came from a good, he comes from a 
good place. Like um, Joey's a good place. No, Joey is a very good place. It's a his heart is not. His heart is in a good mental health. Not as well. Not in the noodle. The old noodle. Like yeah, we're friends. He's a minority, so we'll let it slide. Oh, here we go. All right, I got to finish this Joe Rogan story. Conspiracy theories, misinformation take valuable resources away from local fire and police agencies working around the clock to bring these fires under control. The agency noted Rogan apparently got wind of this mistake. And on Friday, the outspoken comedian uncharacteristically apologized. I'm sorry if I duped you, Rogan told fans on Instagram, retracting his remarks, explaining he'd mixed mixed up a couple of stories. There's nothing I can do about it now. It's out there, but it's definitely a mistake. He also said he'll remember this before making provocative comments in the future. Feels very irresponsible to me, he said. I don't take it lightly. I'm very upset with myself. Sorry. Well, who did set them then? Somebody set them. If it wasn't an activist, who was it? I'm sure right. no one set them. They just happened mysteriously. Mm-hmm. They just all of a sudden exploded. It was, it was a gender reveal party that yeah, started. Yeah, started. Yeah. One of them. Yeah. Exactly. What's, yeah. ma- what's, what's, I don't understand why people can't tell the difference between people that are burning and rioting and protesting. Exactly. Oh, There's yeah. a huge difference there. Mm-hmm. And, You're right. And it's not hard to tell yeah. what side people are on. Right. No. Exactly. No, it's not. I don't yeah. understand that Rogan story because he apologizes, but for what? Somebody set the fires. Who? If it right. wasn't them, then who set them? And I think it's all the only reason he apologizes now because he's on Spotify. Where exactly. if it was, he was independent, yeah, just yeah, posting yeah. his videos yep. on YouTube, still. Well, now money, he doesn't. Man. Now he doesn't care. It's like why the same he, reason Nick Cannon he, got fired. Yeah. Why would he yeah. go onto something Spotify. that's going to? Yeah. It's because gonna money. Be, money. Because they gave him a hundred million dollars. Right. Yep. Holy I'll, shit. Yeah, I'll, go on spot, I'll go on Spotify, too, and apologize for, <laughs> for, stuff for anything that I've ever done. <laughs> right. I'm so sorry I'm for sorry living and breathing. <laughs> oh, yeah, $100 million. He signed with them for $100 oh, million. So what made Spotify. him big, yeah, what yeah. makes, but what makes, yeah. this is what I don't That's understand. Right. He was You're making right. plenty of money. Plenty yep. of money. Plenty yep. of yep. money. For some people, And now you've got to compromise what brought you to this place. More money is always better than less money. I guess it always is better. Hundred million. To certain you know, He's trying to take care of his family, Catherine. He, yeah, the guys got to eat. They've got to eat to buy the groceries. <laughs> yeah. They need a roof over their head. It's, it's, really it's like Bill Gates is so mental now. Oh, sorry. We got to move on. Yeah. We'll get to Bill Gates in the next segment. Be mental. Uh, on the way out, let me just say that the weird thing about this all is whether it's Sam Tripoli or or Joey Diaz or you go down a whole list of guys, they love Joe Rogan. They think the world and think he's the greatest guy in the world. He might be the biggest prick I've ever talked to. Seriously, mm-hmm. he is very unpleasant to talk to. He's got a horrible attitude. He's well, he thinks he's a tough guy, yeah. and come on, settle down. Uh, I don't know. If you're his friend, you're his friend. If you're not, you're not. That, and I guess you know that's how he li- wants to live his life. Good for him. That's going to do it. We'll talk to you on Monday with the family.